I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever on a bright early Friday morning is Stu Whiffin. How you doing, mate? Not bad, not bad. He's, he's early, isn't it? It's before eight o'clock, yeah. We've, yeah. we've gone early on this one. My wife needs a laptop, so <laughs> we need to go early. <laughs> you look like you've already been in makeup this morning. You look good. Oh, uh, have I realised that you can put filters on Zoom so that you don't look like <laughs> you're you? about to die from being super pale? Then, How yeah, I've that? just done it. Cinnamon, mate. Get on the cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon? Oh, I am all over cinnamon. that. Oh, yeah, I, there you go. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with my video. I bought a really nice webcam. Yeah, you try look and a make, bit weird. And I look a little bit kind of washed out because the light makes everything just really weird in here. But... Like I say, the sun's not come up yet. It's still, it's still a little bit, little bit grey out there. So I'm hoping as the, the podcast unfolds, we get a bit more natural light for those that are watching. And those that are watching, uh, we should say thank you because the YouTube channel's really growing, isn't it? Yeah, we're getting loads more subscribers now, which is great. I think the UFC 286 fight week did us uh, a lot of favours because we were in and amongst it. And thank you to everyone that's come over, subscribing on YouTube, watching the videos, uh, and equally has, has gone to the podcast as well. So thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. Huge thanks. Huge thanks. Um, if you just could give, give us you... a little review or a little yes. five-star rating, um, or you know, we... if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. I Absolutely. like doing stuff like that, and it? it's like, oh, please help us! Please do a little <laughs> review. Please order five stars. It makes us go up the rankings. Blah 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 blah. Well, we've made it really easy because we've just dropped a little um, link tree in our bio for everything we do. So if you go to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, just click that link, and then it just gives you a one-stop shop for everything. You can just go and find whatever platform you want to listen to your podcast on. If you've not watched us on YouTube yet, just click that and it'll take you to the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so it's nice and easy. Wherever you wherever you just search MMA Fan Podcast, there'll be a little link tree link that'll take you to anywhere you need to go. Um, should also say before we get on with it, we recorded uh, another one a couple of days ago. We got to sit down with um, not just Jack Shaw. Uh, we had Jack back on, which is always a pleasure. But... Um, he brought Daddy along. We had Richard Shaw Daddy, as yeah. well. And, we had Richard uh, Shaw and Jack Shaw. What a chat that was. That was lovely. It was really nice. So we were talking a lot about uh, how Richard started off in MMA. Obviously, the, the kind of the, the difficulties between the trying to balance that fighter coach dynamic with yeah. the father son dynamic that already exists and stuff like that. and it was quite fascinating it was really interesting to to kind of watch them both have differing opinions on on things and and yeah and yeah it was a really lovely lovely chat absolutely absolutely um anyway <clears throat> that'll be coming very soon so uh, as blake said subscribe and you won't miss that one um another thing i just want to touch upon um was something that really blew my mind um former guest stevie ray um, put a post yes. out uh, alongside um, his wife um, trying to raise um, a, a, a £100,000 to enable his, his, his daughter to have brain surgery. And uh, seeing the MMA community go oh. to work within 24 hours, that money was raised, was incredible. It, it was really lovely. I'm not going to lie. 
There's been a few moments over the last few weeks that I've been disappointed in some of the fighters that I follow or some of the rhetoric on, like, you know, when you see MMA Twitter talking about something. And I would say that there's a few things going on at the moment where I disagree with a lot of what fighters and other people in some of the MMA media space or whatever are thinking regarding kind of the LGBTQ community or um, uh, just politics in general, you know. But to see everyone come together and just help out Stevie Ray and his family and his daughter, because I think it was some form of, of... epilepsy she was having multiple seizures i I read what natalie ray's wife was putting down and i swear it didn't take long and they were they got a hundred thousand pounds together um you know we put it up on our socials i i donated as as well and but i mean there was one massive donation i saw that was dana white threw in uh, 10 grand in there as well so well done to everyone everyone whether i mean look uh, well done to, to Dana for donating so much money. But if you just if you were one of the people that either saw it on our link or saw it on Stevie's and you donated a quid, well done to you as well because it's Absolutely. all just contributing and it's whatever you can afford to to give to someone you probably don't even know, but your heart yeah. goes out to any family that are suffering in that way. So best of luck to Stevie, Natalie, and the rest of the family. I hope Absolutely. that you know they get the treatment uh, that, that their daughter needs. And um, yeah, yeah. Right, we're here today to discuss UFC 287. Uh, We touched upon a few scraps with Lerone Murphy um, on an episode uh, a week or so ago. Go check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, We get Lerone's thoughts on a few of these fights. But today, me and you are going to do a a deeper dive into the card. And and I guess we need to start at the top with this one, right? Oh, my God, yeah. I can't wait for this fight. It's so intriguing. It's like... You just wonder, is Pereira just always going to be like the kryptonite to, to Adesanya? Is that the, I think it's interesting to start with the tail of the tape. So I rewatched the first fight and the tail of the tape, I swear, is a load of nonsense. <laughs> it's like they're down, both down to six foot four. There's no way they're the same height. Pereira is so much taller than him when they're squaring off to each other in the face off. I know when they're fighting... Adesanya seems to adopt more of an MMA stance. He's got a much wider stance, whereas Pereira is more Muay Thai, so he's upright. So he looks taller just from that. But when they're just squaring off in the center of the cage, unless we can't see the fact that Adesanya is squatting, like Pereira looks so much fucking bigger. Yeah. And then, and also, Adesanya apparently has a one-inch reach advantage, and Pereira weighed in at 184.5 for that fight, and Adesanya at 185, obviously with the rehydration, everything else, he's going to balloon up a lot bigger than Adesanya. But the, it, it's just amazing to me that the tail of the tape almost makes it seem like Izzy's the bigger man. Yeah, but we, 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 we all know, know that's not true. <laughs> like yeah. this, My eyes are telling me what's real. Yeah. And Pereira is so much bigger. And I just feel like for... Adesanya to have success, long-term success in this fight, he's going to have to implement a lot more grappling. And that's not to say that he needs to keep the fight on the ground. That's just he needs to threaten the takedown a lot so that it gives Pereira too much to think about. Do do you think Adesanya needs to incorporate the wrestling in this fight? Uh, 100%. Because, I mean, I don't want to underestimate Izzy's striking because he's an absolute tactician and he's he's fantastic at it. Um, but as I think we touched on, on, on the Lerone episode when we did sort of um, mention this fight, is he, he just feels that Izzy's striking, he's picking him away and, and obviously, you know, he he clocked him, you know, big uh, in that last fight and, and, and very nearly got the W. Um, five, five, ten seconds left in round one. Completely different. Is he's won that fight, and similarly yeah. with with the kickboxing bout, their second kickboxing bout, yep. standing eight count. The, you know, in MMA, Izzy would have been all over him. So Izzy can knock out Pereira. We've seen it. It's just not quite worked out for him yet. But it just feels that there's there's such a difference in power, and it it, it oh, just yeah. feels for every ten shots Izzy throws, 
Pereira's just got to land that one, and it's it's curtains. And and he he just looks like he hits so hard. I'd love to hear, you know, uh, Izzy be honest and in an interview and say like, you know. Have you been ever hit harder than what the, the Prairie hits you? Because he's been in there with the best, and and it just looks like whenever he connects with with Izzy, it's it's problematic. And I think by wrestling, to answer your question, I think by by wrestling, I think it really does change the the, the dynamic of the fight a bit more because Izzy seemed to want to stand and trade and maybe just kind of earn that respect of like, look. I'm coming into your domain here. I know you want to stand. You, you want to keep this on its feet. Let's do that. And I'm going to beat you. You know, I'm the champ. I'm going to beat you on the feet. It didn't work out. And I think he's got to look at the wrestling. I mean, we say, we, we, we're all saying that Pereira's got no wrestling. Have we seen him really up against it yet? You know, on the floor. Look who Pereira's got in his corner. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm sure his grand game can't be that bad. And and is Izzy's that good? Well, that, well, that that's the issue. See, for me, I think it's so weird that Alex Pereira is the middleweight champion of the world with his lack of experience that he's had in MMA. I think it's so weird. And it's only happened because he got fast-tracked. Yeah. And he was given... He was able to get away with not fighting certain people in the division. I I think it's so weird because clearly Pereira had Izzy's number last time, may have Izzy's number again, and may just be a better fighter than Izzy. But does Pereira beat Robert Whittaker or Marvin Vittori? Not in a Vittori? million years. Or not in a million. He beats Marvin Vittori. They, I think Marvin Vittori could grapple Alex Pereira. I reckon he absolutely could. I think, yeah, because he's, he's bigger than, than Whittaker as well. And I, I, I absolutely think... I, I mean, if any of them tried to strike with him, they'd be in big, big trouble. Mm. But I think the fact that... Um, particularly Whitaker, but I think of Vittori or someone as well, the fact that they can incorporate the grappling so easily in and amongst... Trying to stay in there for just a few seconds with the striking means that they would cause Alex Pereira so many problems. Mm. Um but yeah, uh, I, I, I think Izzy does need to go to some grappling. <clears throat> Izzy's grappling good enough. I don't know. It seemed to work for moments in the first fight. I think I don't know if it was the third round or whatever where Izzy was just on top of him for a lot of that round and, and doing damage and, and doing all right. But I mean, God, if Hamzat Shemaev went up to middleweight now, which is rumoured to do, I think he'd be licking his lips at fighting Pereira. Or is he? Well, or Izzy, yeah, but I think Izzy would be a harder fight. Mm. I think Pereira obviously has beaten Izzy and may beat Izzy again. But I think even so, Izzy would have better takedown defence and he's a more well-rounded mixed martial artist than Pereira is. Mm. So, and, and I just want to sort of touch on something to pick up on what you were saying about Vittori. Um, I think if Izzy gets his belt back at the weekend, um, it's going to leave Pereira in an interesting situation because he's... Behind him is a whole roster of killers that he's not gone anywhere near because he's fast-tracked. And I think that Vittori could very, very well be. Obviously, he's just come off a win, Vittori. I know it was a little bit, you know, it was thrown into discussion a little bit and the fans didn't seem to uh, get behind that one. Um, I, I think it could very well be, uh, if, if Pereira loses at the weekend, I think Vittori could very much be his next fight. I think that would make a lot of sense. I disagree. Do you? I I do. I think there's no one left for Izzy to fight. So they just do the trilogy. I, nah. I Yeah, they will, man. They will. If if Especially if Izzy knocks Pereira out. Or even if it's a close decision, there's every reason to go, well, Pereira knocked Izzy out. Izzy's got this one back. Let we got to run it again. We got to do the trilogy. I think that oh, definitely no. will happen. I, yeah, I mean, look again. Meritocracy be damned. This is not the meritocratic business. It's 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 the UFC. It's what makes money. And is Izzy Vittori free going to do anything? No. Izzy Whitaker four or whatever the hell it would be. No. So. Yeah, it's it, it just not. It, there's no one else. Drickers Duplessis, oh, I don't think he's nah. there yet or ready yet. Cannoneers lost to Izzy. 
I don't think Strickland's going to be getting a title shot anytime soon. Like, who is there? Who Hamza is there Shemaev, in the middleweight does, division? Does he, go, does he go straight in? Well, if uh, maybe. I think Shemaev should get one win. He should try and get one win. Um, but maybe. Maybe, because he is the biggest fight, I guess, Chimaev up at 185, and that would be a great fight to see him fight Adesanya. I- I'd like it. I'd- I think he should have to fight one fight against the top-ranked guy, but yeah. if they stuck him straight into a title shot, I'd go, oh, I'm going to enjoy watching this. Um, but I think they-, they will do the trilogy, and if Pereira were to lose a trilogy... I think he just pops straight up to 205. I don't think he sticks around at middleweight. He's too big. The weight cuts a lot. And I don't think he's got... He doesn't gain anything from fighting, uh, you know, uh, Vittori or Whitaker, so that he can try and have another crack at Adesanya when they may have already fought three times. That's just not going to work. He will mm. pop up and he will... F- Again, he can fight someone straight away in the top five because he's had three title fights back to back. So he can go straight into a top five fight at light heavyweight, whether it's <clears throat> Blahovich, you know, if Jamal Hill's not the champion, Jamal Hill, you know, him fighting Yuri Prahashka seems a hell of a lot of fun. I'd love to watch that. I think there's loads of fights for him up at light heavyweight, and that's what he would do. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, look, let's, let's get our predictions. Um, how are you seeing this? <sighs> How are you seeing this and who do you want to win? That's really tricky because I think for the sake of the division, it might be better if Pereira wins, even though yeah. I don't think he'll stick around in the division for very long. But I just think it opens up fresh matchups for the belt. Totally agree. Whereas if Adesanya totally agree. wins, it's difficult. But I like Adesanya. I mm. really think Adesanya's great. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like my heart's kind of torn in, in two places at the moment with that. But I think that as much as Izzy might incorporate the wrestling and as much as Izzy, I think he's actually a better striker than Pereira. Izzy is technically better than Pereira. That power, man. You just can't. He, he took him out in round five. Like, that power is still there in round is, five. Is, is he technically a better striker? Is yeah, he? I think so. Yeah. I think he's sharper, on, on quicker. His feet. Yeah. Hundred, I I think so. I think I think Izzy outstruck Pereira. I think Izzy in yeah, as I say. I think in kickboxing matches stuff like that, you see Izzy's the better fighter. Mm. He just doesn't have the power, and that power means so much. Mm. It just means so much. And I I think I think Pereira will get it done again, and I think he will probably stop him again. Uh, that, wow. that I just I just don't think. I don't think Adesanya can survive for five rounds because like we said when Lerone Murphy was there, Izzy needs to fight a perfect fight for 25 minutes. He needs to constantly be skirting around the outside of the cage. And you remember that first fight. Anytime Izzy was skirting around the edge of the cage, Pereira was just coming forward, coming forward, coming forward. And it got tense. You were like, oh my God, oh my God, he's going to catch him. He's going to catch him. And Izzy would land a couple of strikes and then move away, dip one way, go the other way, all that kind of stuff, just to get yeah. away from Pereira. But Pereira was hunting him the entire fight. It was hunting him down. And I just <laughs> think, I just think you can't survive for 25 minutes when that man is hunting you down. Unless you can put him on his back loads and there you he's go. not really got his, you know, his big shot and all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't see how you can survive 25 minutes on the feet with that man. I don't mm. think it's humanly possible for Azasanya because he's just not, not big enough. Um, so I, I think Pereira finishes him again. And I sort of hate to say that because I do love Izzy. I really do. Mm. But I think Pereira could get it done again. And then where does Izzy go from there? Maybe we talk about that in a bit. But what are your, what's your prediction? If uh, Yeah, what's your prediction for the fight? Um, I'd like to see... Uh... I'm a big fan of Izzy. I think you know he's been a great champ, and he's 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 always. I say he's always been exciting to watch. He hasn't always been exciting to watch. No. He's he's he, you know there's been a few fights where he sort of, and I, and I say that with the greatest respect, sort of coasted for want of a better description. Yeah. Um, but um, 
and and I, I do love this matchup. I'm not interested in the third fight, but I do love this matchup because it is power versus agility and and yeah. movement and speed. And and I, I do really like that because, as you say, that that whole thing of him just being on his toes, on his toes, on his toes. He's going to catch him. He's going to catch him. And you just think if he does, it's game over instantly. It just feels like that, and that makes for really exciting viewing. I don't think he's going to fight that fight this time. Uh, I, I think he would he would have watched that last fight back many times. And as much as, yes, he could have won that in the first round had there been another five seconds on the end of that round, I think him and his team will sit there and go, right, look, five rounds of that level of movement, it, you know, it's it's... It's not sustainable. You need to you need to tire him out, and I think they're gonna. You're, we're gonna see Izzy wrestle a lot more in this fight, um, and I think he will wrestle him. I think he will tire him, and I think Izzy will stop him. Do you think Izzy will get a sub? Yeah, no, not necessarily a sub, but I think he'll, he'll he'll wear him out, and I think maybe then he'll knock him out. I don't know if he'll get a sub. Possibly oh, that'd be a that'd be a great shout though, would it? Has Izzy right. ever got a sub? Ooh, I need to look this up. Great shout. Let's have a look. Yeah, I'm not too it's, sure. But I don't know that he has, you know. If you're going to sure. get a sub against somebody in, in that division, in the kind of fights that he's going to get, this is probably the best chance he's got of getting one. Yeah, Because, for you sure. know, from what we know, that he's, you know, he's, his grand game's nowhere near the level of, you know, the, the people that he's fought uh, previously. Uh, I mean, I'm looking down the record, and they're definitely not in the UFC. No. I don't think Israel Adesanya has ever won by submission. And I'll tell you what, that'd be a good little bet, wouldn't it? <laughs> ever? Imagine that. I don't even think... I don't think he's won a sub by sub ever in his life. Imagine if he got the rear naked choke on Pereira and got the tap and he got his first ever... Su- what a moment that would be. Yeah. Imagine that. He's fighting the guy that was like the boogeyman for him in both kickboxing and now MMA. And he gets his first ever submission. Ever. Um, yeah. And he does it in, uh, in that moment, probably the biggest moment of his career, staring uh, down this guy that's his boogeyman. Ooh, uh, I, I think they're going to take advantage of, of the weight cut that Pereira's going to have to put himself through to, 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 yeah. to start at 185. And I think they're going to literally... I mean, I don't know if they're going to sort of try and clinch him because obviously Pereira's uh, Muay Thai's high level um, and his clinch work's good. But I think, you know, can he get him to the ground and can he wear him out? That's that's what I think is going to happen. I'd be very, very surprised if he tried to fight the same fight again, is he? Um, because it's I don't think that level of movement is sustainable for, for that amount of time. I never question is his cardio, but... <coughs> it's hard to be on the back foot for that length of time, isn't it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. really hard to be constantly moving um, because but... it's not it's not sapping Pereira. Pereira's just strolling around the octagon, stalking him. It's you know, yeah. it, it, relatively flat footed. He's not got to be bouncing around to to, to, to corner him. Uh, yeah, exciting, exciting. So, um, so you, you're exciting. going Pereira. I'm going Izzy, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's I see love the idea of Izzy getting a sub, though. Who knows? Who knows? Like oh. I say, if he's going to do it, Pereira was probably his best chance. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Co-main Into event. the co-main at 170. Um, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. Um, are you excited for this? Um, not massively, if mm. I'm honest. I just... Mm. I. Yeah, maybe I'm discrediting Masvidal too much. I think Burns is on a bit of a tear. Like, like he's looked good even in fights that he's lost. He's looked good. Like, look at his performance against Chimaev was surprising for everyone. Yeah. Um, and you know his last win against Magny looked really impressive. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, Masvidal's last win was 2019 against Nate Diaz. Yeah. I, since then, I think he's lost to Kamaru twice. He's lost to Covington. Um, I kind of feel like the blueprint... He's, he's lost to the, the, the elite. There. Oh, 100, yeah, 100%. But I I don't know if Gilbert Burns is the elite. But I think with Masvidal being like 38 now or whatever he is, Burns is still not that much younger than him, to be fair. He's only like 36. He's 36 or something like that. But... 
I don't know. I, I think the blueprint is there now. He's fought like three wrestlers back to back. You could argue that maybe his takedown defense is going to be brilliant because he's been preparing for three wrestlers, but he's been taken he down. Been, how, how much has he been preparing? Like we're seeing he's got a fight promotion, right? Yes, Gamebred Boxing, which I think is on this weekend, actually. It got like is. Anthony Pettis against Roy Jones Jr. and uh, some other... There's some other big fights on there. Big, there's some big fights on there, actually. It's surprising. Yeah. But, um, um, I do believe that's on Fight Pass as well. Um, and, yeah, and I wonder how much of his time has, he, has, has that taken up? Yeah, in between going to restaurants and punching Colby Covington in the back of the head. Uh, yeah, we'd like, all like when, to do that, though. When, but when, like... when is he training? <laughs> but, like, is, has his resume, like, has it aged that well? Because back in 2019, he was the man. He was on absolute fire. Prior to that run he had, he lost to Damian Meyer by split decision, then he lost to Wonderboy Thompson, Thompson by... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Decision in 2017. Then he went on this weird reality show uh, in Latin America, whatever he was at in the jungle or whatever. Um, and um, he comes back with this whole thing of like, I need to stop making decisions. I need to just go out there for the kill every time. And it worked. He, I was there, like, almost cage-side for, for Darren Till, Masvidal, and he Ooh. slept him. But has that win aged that well, having looked at what Darren Till's done since? Not massively. I mean, it was a great win at the time. I'm not discrediting the win at the time, but when you look at where Darren Till has gone now, do you go, wow, what a moment for, for Masvidal? I, I don't know. It's conflicting in my head. Then Ben Askren with that flying knee. Ben Askren was amazing in one championship and other organizations, but he didn't do great in the UFC. I mean, like, his one win... Can't take nothing away from that stoppage, mate. No. That's impressive. It was was phenomenal. It's an iconic moment. The flying knee, absolutely amazing. Everyone went frigging nuts for it. It was great. But if those two fight 10 times, does that happen every time? I don't know. It looked like lightning in a bottle, really. But also... Ben Askren has one win, had one win in the UFC over Robbie Lawler, and that was contentious. Yeah. So again, I'm just trying to critically analyze Masvidal's, you know, last few years. Then you've got the Nate Diaz fight, which I think he won fair and square. It was a doctor yeah. stoppage, and people can argue, oh, Nate was coming back up. Masvidal was winning that fight, as far as I'm concerned. So mm. there's the Darren Till knockout, which was amazing. It was great, but hasn't aged amazingly well. Ben Askren, again, like lightning in a bottle, an incredible moment, not taking anything away from the moment. But in hindsight, do you look at a win over Ben Askren with a lot of kind of pomp and ceremony? Not really. And then Nate Diaz. Sure, Nate Diaz left the UFC now. There's a big jump up between those names and Kamaru Usman twice and Colby Covington. And those are all losses. Where does Gilbert Burns factor in? I'd say he's closer to the Usemans and the Covingtons than he is the Diaz, the Askrins and Absolutely. the Tims. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I, I think Burns is a clear favourite for a reason. Completely. But listen, Jorge Masvidal, when you've got that knockout of Darren Till on your highlight reel, and then you've got one of the most exciting knockouts in the history of the UFC, right, over Ben Askren. Ben Askren was a hyped, hyped, massively hyped fighter at this point as well, 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all gone a little sour for, for Ben Askren after that. But what you've got, it's that kind of Conor McGregor syndrome. It's like he's done some incredible things, Conor more so, but of late, when you look at it, it's not been very good. There's been lots of defeats and things that aren't very great, but he's got star quality built off of them knockouts, built off of who he is, built off of how he carries himself. So it doesn't matter that he's... Is he top 10, Jorge? Maybe not. Um, I'd have to check the rankings for Um, him But he's a superstar. And and I think if he gets this win... He's 11th. Right, there you go. Like... Um, and, and I think that placement is reflective of all the things that you've just said, you know, them them defeats, you know, against them people, and you know, and and, and maybe not looking back too fondly on the the, the Darren Till knockout. It's, you know, it's I, I think he's placed where he should be. However, if he gets a win over Gilbert Burns, and I know there's just constant talk that you know Dana's confirmed that it's going to be Colby versus Leon next. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, for me, the Jorge Masvidal Leon Edwards fight is a way more exciting fight for the fans. Uh, it's a better matchup for Leon, I think. Um, I think it'll be a, a striking contest, and I think Leon is a far superior striker to to Masvidal. And I think that fight would be way more of a fan favourite fight. Yes, it would appear that when Colby walked into the O2. People love Colby Covington. Are we going to see an exciting fight against Leon Edwards? Or are we going to just see Leon's incredible takedown defense and Colby just shooting constantly? Um, for me, I'd rather see Street Jesus and, and Leon go toe-to-toe. I think that's a way more fun fight. I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but how does he get past Gilbert Burns? Yeah, well, he won't. He's not going to. <laughs> it's simple. It's simple. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to get that off my chest, but uh, because I want to see, I want to see Leon fight Jorge, um, and I don't want to fight. I don't want to watch Leon fight Colby Covington. Um, but I, I think Gil- Gilbert Burns wrestling is 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 gonna, like you say, he's he's far more closer to Eurismans and your Coventons, uh, and he's 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 wrestling solid. And, and I well, think... that's the thing. He's one of those jujitsu guys that he's, I mean, his, his work on the ground. If this goes to the ground, Masvidal's in big trouble uh, yeah. because Gilbert Burns' jujitsu is second to none. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, the problem a lot of the big jujitsu guys have, and we talked about it on this show before, like the likes of Damian Meyer and maybe even our friend Paul Craig and all that stuff, like they don't always seem to be able to get the fight into their world as easily as they would like to. There's yeah. something. Going from the stand-up to getting it to the ground, that kind of wrestling work to, to take someone down isn't always um, apparent with them as it is with, you know, people that do more more of the wrestling side of things, but then when they get them down, they don't necessarily have the, all the submissions. Gilbert Burns is someone that I feel like has actually done quite a good job of bridging the gap between being a fantastic jiu-jitsu guy, but still being able to get the fight to the ground. You look at what he did to Wonderboy Thompson and what he did to Neil Magny. He got that fight to the ground quickly um, and was able to to do what he does best. And that was you know, hunt for submissions, pass guards, put some ground and pound on you, all those kind of things. And that's where I think he isn't the wrestler that Colby Covington is. He isn't the wrestler that Kamaru Usman is. And Masvidal has been training for those guys in his last three fights or whatever. So Masvidal's takedown offense should be very good. But I just think that Burns will still be able to get it to the ground. And once he does, Burns is far more lethal with his submission game than Colby or Kamaru ever have been. So that's why I, I think I'm going to see a submission from Gilbert Burns here. I think that's probably the obvious thing to go for, but I, I think that's the likely thing to happen. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, and so, should like Gilbert Burns gets this win? Is it? What does it do for Gilbert Burns? Well, he keeps his fifth place spot in the rankings. Um, I don't know, man, because really he should be going surely I'm due a title shot now. Uh, but I don't think so. I mean, look, looking at it, it, so if we go with what Dana said, Covington is fighting Leon. 
Bilal Mohamed is meant to be in negotiations to fight Shavkat Rachmanov. How true that is, I don't know. Poor old um, Gilbert Burns, could he fight Kamara Usman again? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you try and get that one back, but it doesn't do a huge amount. Uh, he's already beaten Wonderboy Thompson. Does he? He's already fighting 11th-ranked Masvidal behind him. Does he have to fight someone behind him in the rankings again? And it would be like, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. Bilal and Shavkat isn't confirmed yet, as far as I'm aware. So maybe Bilal might try and go, oh, I'd rather fight Usman or maybe Burns or, or something like that and he can get that one. But it's really tricky for Gilbert Burns because if Chemayev moved, moved, he's obviously already lost to Chemayev, but Chemayev will probably move up in weight. So there's not really a huge amount Burns could do other than maybe try and get the win back against Usman. But does that interest Usman? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a really, really interesting one. I don't know where where he goes from here. I I mean, if we saw Gilbert Burns pull off a spectacular KO of of Jorge, then maybe he's, you know, he's... His stock would go up a little bit. He would become a more of a sort of fan favourite. Not that fans of you know yeah. are not big fans of Gilbert Burns, but he's not got Jorge Masvidal level interest. And you know the casuals aren't huge Gilbert Burns fans, whereas everybody knows who Jorge is. I think you know maybe a big win over Jorge could push his stock up a little bit, and uh, and all of a sudden oh, you know yeah. there might be more exciting fights. But yeah. I, I think so. I think it's just he, he is in a really tricky spot because Dana's just digging his heels. Because the winner of this fight, whether it's Burns or Masvidal, could have an argument to go, come on, let, let's, let me fight for the title next. Yeah. Um, but Dana White seems to be digging his heels in. It's going to be Colby Covington. I still don't understand why. Uh, someone in the media asked him a question recently about why Colby deserves it. And he's like, oh, well, he weighed in and, and was the, the backup fighter. And. And they were like, oh, but he, he sat out for a year. And Dana was like, um, well, Leon sat out for two years and he got his shot. And it's like, well, no, Leon didn't sit out for two years. There was, he was scheduled to fight Tyron Woodley and then the pandemic happened. And then there are multiple fights that fell through for him, including Jorge Masvidal. And I think three fights with Hamzat Shemaev, where Leon, I think, signed the contract three times to fight Hamzat Shemaev. He was ill with COVID once and Shemaev was ill with COVID Twice. Once was very serious. And if you remember, I think uh, Chimaev said he would have to retire because it was such a serious reaction he had to COVID. And then I think, you know, they tried to rebook the fight and that didn't happen again. So Leon had loads of bad luck. And then there was the no contest with Bilal thrown in there, a a fight with Nate that got cancelled and then rescheduled. And then the fight happened. Like Leon did not sit out for two years. Leon was trying to fight. Colby has sat out for a year. And Dana White says, well, that's because... Masvidal jumped him and, and he was suffering the injuries of that. So, like, oh, well, fuck off. Come on. I, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like he was doing the whole lawsuit thing. He knew he couldn't book a fight because of the lawsuit. And now I'm assuming the lawsuit's gone because he's booking fights and he's weighing in for things and stuff. So I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, I don't understand the Colby thing. I don't know. I don't think he's as big of a star as everyone or as the UFC think he is. But maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, Bilal Mohammed is the guy that I've been saying for a while really should be getting the shot but I appreciate that not many people clearly want to see that we had some uh, comments on our socials when we mentioned that Bilal's got the kind of you said the Leon's passed him the bad luck baton and now mm. Bilal's there having to fight the Shavkats and all that yeah. stuff um, and there were comments underneath just saying well yeah but he's boring and stuff like that and I'm like well I guess if you, I don't find him that boring. I mean, I know that his fight style isn't overly exciting, but it was like his fight with Sean Brady was was all right. He's 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 very good wrestler. He's you know he, he can be funny on social media. It's like yeah, he's not got one of those personalities that really jumps off the page. But I don't. Know, I I I'm all for guys like that. We hmm. mentioned this to Jack and Richard Shaw the other day. You know, I I love people like Jack Shaw. I love people like Corey Sandhagen and. Robert Whittaker and Arnold Allen. Like, all I love four of those them. Guys. All four of their them. Their fight styles are, are good and exciting. Yeah, like the people you've just mentioned. And I do understand that Bilal's fight style is not the most electric, but it's effective. 
And yeah. it's so effective that, you know, it's given him, you know, he, 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 the record that he's got now. And, and by rights, he should be knocking on that door for that shot, 100%. But like you say, uh, it's a business. And uh, and, and for every Bilal that's, that's, that's tearing through these, these contenders, you've got a Jorge Masvidal just kicking back, setting up a fight organisation whilst kind of lingering yeah. just outside the top 10, but will fast track to anything because he's Jorge Masvidal. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so we both agree that, that Gilbert's going to win this, right? I I believe so, yeah. I mean, it'd be great for Leon, maybe, and great for the fans if, if Masvidal yeah. pulls something out of the bag. But uh, I can Who see knows? Gilbert winning this quite easily. Who knows? So um, we've got, uh, moving on next, uh, Adrian Yanez, who's on a tear uh, yes. at the moment. Uh, he's fighting uh, a fighter that I know me and you are both big fans of, Rob Font, um, at 1-3-5. How are you seeing this one going? Oh, well, I this is the. I mean, I'm really excited for the Izzy Pereira fight because I just think the tension, the stakes, is all going to be really, really interesting and exciting. Um, one second. Just realised I plugged my uh, laptop in ages ago. Didn't turn the switch on, so <laughs> I think I caught that just in time. Um, that Yanez and Font, I think for me, is could be the fight of the night. I think this is going to be. Really exciting. Both of them are fantastic boxers. Both of them are really, really tough. Uh, Yanez hasn't lost in about four and a half years. Um, but he's not for anyone to the level of Rob Font yet. Uh, Font, you as, look you know, at Rob Font. Cheeto, Jose, yeah. Garbrandt, Morales, Ricky Simon, like high level. Jose um, Aldo. I did say Jose, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, man. Uh, uh, I didn't know you were on first name basis with Jose Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he fought Big J. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big, um, Big J, the A dog. Yeah, it was a yeah, great fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, did you go round to his for drinks afterwards? Did you? <laughs> yeah, mate. We, we rolled. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's fought, you know, absolute killers, and uh, yeah. and he's never in boring fights, Rob Font. Never in boring fights. Um, I suppose it's like, who would you rather be? The guy with the experience of fighting these top, top, top level guys, even though some of them are losses, or the guy that is just on an absolute tear? And as I say, confidence is going to be so high. Hasn't lost in four and a half years. Janice's um, boxing is so good. Rob Font's boxing is really good. I really think this is going to be fascinating. I think they're just going to be throwing hands the whole time. I think... Font's got like that that longer reach, maybe, and the jab and all that stuff is maybe a bit more stylish with his hands. But Yanez, I think, will crack harder and is really good counter puncher as well. I think he slips punches well and and comes back with stuff, takes him on the shoulder, all that kind of stuff. Um, so has, yeah, I mean, has Rob Font been injured because he, he's not fought for for almost a year now? Well, he got battered by. Vera, did Cheeto, he? yeah. Like, I mean, that was one of those fights where we we looked to that as like one of the best fights to see what judging is really all about, mm. because Rob Font outstruck Cheeto Vera by quite a large margin, and in, in pretty much every single round outstruck Cheeto Vera, but Vera landed the more damaging and impactful strikes in those rounds, yeah. and that's what won him the rounds. So mm. that and that's it. So, um. Yeah, five and zero for Yanez in the UFC. Uh, I don't know. I I, I think I'm going to lean Yanez. I, I I think there's always a part of me that also wants fresh people at the top of the division. But I mean, if Rob Font pulled this out of the bag, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's a pretty evenly matched fight. I just think yeah. that um, Font is. I mean, you look at the fight with David Grant and Yanez. Yanez took some. Big shots, yeah, that would have knocked out a lot of people, and he just kept walking David Grant yeah. down at points, and it was a phenomenal fight, really great fight. But I just think Font, when he gets hit, even though he's tough and he doesn't get finished, he looks like he's been hit hard. Like, and yeah. I think that can sway the judges. They could be hitting each other for these three rounds quite evenly, but I just think Font will look like he's taken the more impactful damage. And so I think Yanez could do this. You, you sort of touched on the fact that, you know, you want fresh blood and things like that. I, I, I wouldn't really put Rob Font in that kind of veteran category yet. You know, I, I still think he's, you know, yes, he's, he's fought, 
you know some 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 real legends in in in, in Cheeto and uh, and Aldo, <clears throat> but you know Garbrandt, Mraz and Ricky Simon at that point were not. You know Garbrandt was on his on his slide at that point, and and obviously Mraz was was on his way out of the UFC, and and Simon was was a, a prospect then, but that was back in two thousand and nineteen. So that's you know that's almost four years ago now. So. I, I still think like um, I'm a big Rob Font fan. I, I think yeah. we've got loads to, to come from Rob Font yet. I, I think he's he's not had serious serious wars aside from the, the, the Cheeto one. Like I, I think we're still going to see a very fresh fighter, and I think we've got plenty more in the tank from from Rob Font. I can't wait to see it, and I, I think sure. he's going to beat Yanis. Oh well, I'm, I'm sure he has got loads left in the tank. I always look at the smaller weight classes and look at their ages. Rob Font has been in a few wars now. He's had a few losses. He's fought some of the best guys, and he's 35. Adrian Yanez is 29, and I think that shit makes a difference. I really do. I do think that... How much difference do you think? uh, Well, it's difficult to quantify how much difference, but I would... If a guy if a guy is in the lightweight division or below and they are 35 and they're coming off a couple of losses and they're coming off some you know some big big shots as well that Vera landed some really nasty big shots in in that fight I think I would always lean towards favoring the younger guy I mean granted experience makes a a difference like sure. maybe Yanez is not at that level and we won't know until they get in there but I just think from what I've seen of Yanez, granted against lesser competition than what Font has faced, I I think I see someone that's a very, very good fighter and I think can can hold his own with the top of the division. Um, will, is he elite enough to be the champ or to fight for a belt? I don't know yet. I think this fight will tell us a lot more. But I think he could definitely muck in there with the top eight of the division and look good. Um yeah, so with, with that being said, and the fact that he's in his prime or approaching his yeah prime, you know, and he's on, he's got the confidence of a long win streak. Yeah, I'm, I've got to go, Yanez. Rob Font's going to put on an absolute masterclass. I'm telling you, decision win, Rob Font. Maybe, maybe we shall see. <clears throat> I think you um, get really upset that I talk about age a lot on this show recently. <laughs> It just reminds you that your time has gone. <laughs> You'll never be a champ. <laughs> I could be a contender. Come on. <laughs> oh dear. Um, right. I, look, there's not. I've got there, nothing left in the tank. Point. Let's clarify that. Le- um, nothing <clears throat> left in the tank. Look, I Paul, thought you meant Paul for Ross this episode. Is, sorry, uh, Raul Ross is junior, right? Paul and Ross is it? Ra- I said Paul. Like, yeah, Raul. Paul Ross wasn't uh, he like the the. Um, Oh, what's the Paul Ross was Jonathan guy. Rossi's brother. Was he the horoscopes guy? <laughs> no, that was Russell Grant. Oh, no, right. Paul Ross was Jonathan Rossi's brother. <clears throat> Raul Roses Jr. Um, I don't really know a lot about him. Um, obviously, he's a very fresh face, and he's a fresh face that Dana White seems to really like because yep. he's his main card uh, above a lot of people that have got. Way bigger profile than 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 him, but I'm not a fan of, of that. I know what they're doing, and I yeah. know that they're trying to build a star for the future. But I'm not a fan of giving the likes of Bo Nickel and Raul Rosas Jr. Yeah. these main card spots over over ranked fighters. You know, you got mm. Kelvin Gastelum, Chris Curtis on this card. They're both ranked middleweights. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be Michael Chiesa, Li Jingliang. That fight's fallen through. But Chiesa's a ranked welterweight. Like, what are we doing? That's, it just seems weird to me. I don't I don't like it. I understand I understand what they're doing, but it's, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I've, I've got, I've not seen enough of him to, to pass comment. Obviously, people talk about his, his grand game's really good. Um, let, let's, let's wait and see. And, Only uh, 18 and- years of age. Yeah, so, so got, you know, I think the UFC are probably going to slow roll him and give him opponents he's likely to beat for a while because that just makes sense to to grow a fighter and not throw him in the deep end too soon. Hopefully, that's what they do anyway. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't need to see it on a main card yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there you go. 
But yeah. Yeah, other than that, uh, Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think this could be a really fun fight. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much is at stake, really. Uh, Holland's lost two at welterweight now, but Santiago has struggled a bit since uh, he returned from that horrible illness. He had like, some kind of uh, blood disease that nearly killed him, I think, and he had a long time off. And it was a shame, not just obviously for his health, but because he was on such a tear. He was doing so well in the welterweight division, had to leave for a while and get healthy. And since he's come back, he's not quite been the same guy. Um, I mean, but he's not fighting fools. Jeff Neal, you know, and uh, and Pereira, like, you know, d- decent decent level fighters. Obviously, oh, yeah. he's got the, the recent win over uh, Morono. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see that there's huge implications uh, for the for the division um, no. if either of those uh, do something spectacular. I think um, they're, they're, they're both always in, in pretty exciting fights. And yeah. uh, and I think and, that's um, where Kevin Holland needs to be. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Holland will ever be a champ or even ever fight for a belt. If I'm honest, because yeah. his his hole in his ground game is just way too much. And we yeah. even saw in his striking. I mean, he was against the elite of the elite in terms of striking, really against Wonderboy Thompson. But he lost that one as well. I think Kevin Holland. They're the fights we want. To, yeah, but I think Kevin Holland needs to adopt the cowboy Cerrone approach. He needs to be like, I will fight anyone. Anytime I'll go in there and I'll put on fantastic fights and I'll be funny on Twitter and Instagram and all those things. And people will love me and they'll want to watch me fight. And it doesn't matter if I ever get belts because I'm hunting for as many fights as possible that I can stay healthy with and bonuses. Yeah. And that's where he'll make loads more money than, than some other fighters that are higher up the rankings. Um, Yeah. That's what, that's what I think. Kevin Holland is 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 gonna gonna be doing and I uh, and I think the role suits him really well. Yeah, I I I um I, I don't hate on that at all. Um, Gaslam Chris Curtis, I want to uh, I, I won't go through the yeah. whole card. Um, just aware of time. Um, but uh, Gaslam Chris Curtis, I'm huge uh, Kelvin fan. Um, I just just think he's an absolute dude. From the very first moment, I see him, you know, get that that last pick on the Ultimate Fighter to to, yeah. to come through and just become, you know, who he's become. He seems like such a nice nice guy as well, and uh, and I'd like to see him, you know, have a, a, a I guess a last stab at it really, and yeah. uh, and 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 see what he can do. And and Chris Curtis, I think it's a nice matchup. That yeah yeah I <sighs> Gastelum's. I have a soft spot for Gastelum. I I I like the fact that he was the last pick on the Ultimate Fighter and won that. I didn't like that he beat Uriah Hall in the final because I loved Uriah Hall after what he did on that series. Um, he just... I bet that guy lost... that's still unconscious from that spinning round ass oh, to this day, uh, he's probably really happy that Gastelum got that win. Oh man, that was something else. That that if you haven't seen that KO, Uriah Hall on the Ultimate Fighter. Oh my God, spinning back kick some guy to the face, and it, and afterwards he's apologising. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," because it just looked such a bad one. And Uriah Hall even won a fight by stoppage from bottom. He was put on his back, and from bottom, I think he was hitting someone with punches and elbows, and the guy st- was stopped. Yeah, For, and he was on bot. He was in bottom position. It was crazy yeah. what Uriah Hall did on that series, and then unfortunately, it just never quite worked out for him in terms of getting a, getting a title shot and stuff in in the UFC. But mm. um, but back to Gastelum. Uh, I mean, he's lost five of his last six. Man, it's not good reading. I mean, I know he's fought some really top guys. He just doesn't seem to have been the same since that interim title fight with Israel Adesanya, which I would say is. Arguably my favourite fight of all time. I, I'd probably need to go back and rewatch uh, Yuri and Glover again because that was just madness. But um, but Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gast- Gastelum for the interim belt is one of my favourite fights ever. If you haven't seen it, go and watch that fight. Um, I just don't think Kelvin's been the same since. You know, he lost to Darren Till, he lost to Jack Hermanson. He got a win over Ian Heinish, who's a level below. Um, and then lost to Robert Whitaker, lost to Jared Cannonier. So again, not losing to terrible opponents, but it's just it, Gaslam at that five, level should have beaten Till and Hermanson, I think. I think so. The Hermanson one was tricky because the hill hook, wasn't it? 
it was a heel hook like within the first few seconds of the fight. Yeah. It was just I think it was like a mistake. Then yeah. um uh the Darren Till one, I can't remember if it was a contentious decision or not, but it was one of those fights where it was on the feet the whole time, but not a huge amount happened. Um and yeah, I mean Kelvin Gaston's one of these guys that's got really good wrestling credentials, but never uses it. Never yeah. he just kind of fell in love with his boxing and with his hands and he He's got great hands and he can knock people out and, and, and do really well. Look what he's done hands. to Michael Bisping. Look what he's done to Bisping, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know, but it's just not, uh, yeah. I just don't think he'll ever get to that level where he's in like the top five or, or anything like that. But who knows? And, and Chris Curtis is a lovely story as well because I think he re- retired multiple times and he was in the PFL, somehow got a, a, an opportunity to come to the UFC and has surprised everyone and done way better than people thought he would do. Um, his only loss in the UFC uh, was to Jack Manson, won four of his last five. I feel on paper that Kelvin Gastelum is better and should win, but I don't know because I think both of them are good wrestlers, so this should be on the feet. And yeah. I think Kelvin's got crisper hands, but you just never know with Kelvin Gastelum, man. You don't know what Gastelum is going to turn up. So, yeah. yeah. Um, other fights on the card, uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Lupita Godinez at flyweight. Um, I don't have much to say about that. Michelle Waterson against Luana Pinheiro at strawweight. Uh, that's 10th against 14th. Big step up for Luana. But again, I'm going to mention age. Watson is now 37 on a two-fight losing streak and only won one of her last five. So I think Pinheiro will be the firm favourite in that one. Uh, and the only fight I, 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 that's left that I have any interest in massively talking about is friend of the show, Chris Barnett. Yeah, right. Um, he's there. <clears throat> always fun. Always a, a, a great great fighter to watch and also he was a great chat as well if you haven't if you don't know anything about chris barnett uh he's formerly known as huggy bear he's about five foot nine but a heavyweight he's a very round individual but he is so positive so much fun and we had him on the show and it was great so go and check out the chris barnett interview we did in our archives and check out some of his highlight reels because this man throws spinning stuff he does flips he's he's so much fun to watch. So I really hope he, he does the business against Chase Sherman. Um, so I mean, he, he, just to, to touch on um, Barnett again, when you see him, you do not picture this guy knocking someone out with spinning kicks. No, no. It's the last thing you ever expect, you expect from him. Uh, and he done it. And, uh, and, and it was spectacular. It was Arguably not as spectacular as his celebration um, <laughs> no. or his walkout. Um, if you want to see a, 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 a superstar in the heavyweight uh, division, go and just Google uh, Chris Barnett walkout or celebration. And, and why not throw in his little highlight reel of KOs as well? But yeah, honestly, like uh, somebody that can do a backflip and land on their ass with like, their little Buddha belly just hanging over their shorts <laughs> looks amazing. And he's such a dude. Go and check out the yeah. uh, the episode where we've had Chris on because he was he was so much fun. Um, I mean. All, all in all, we're, 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 we've we've got a great a great card this weekend. Real shame um, about um, uh, Jing Liang uh, getting injured uh, and not yes. getting to see him fight against uh, Kiesa. Um, yeah, so far Kiesa doesn't have a rescheduled opponent or anything like that. So I don't know mm-hmm. if someone can step in at short notice that Kiesa would want to fight, or yeah. if it's a minor injury from Liang and they just rebook the fight for a few weeks down the line. I don't. So know. Who's who's fit that likes to wrestle at one seventy? That maybe that win would make it maybe make it good for him to maybe get a title shot. What's fucking Cody doing? Sitting on his fucking ass, bitching about Jorge Masvidal. Why not fight Michael Chiesa? Great, great wrestling matchup. Get the win, and then call out Leon. Yeah. I mean, look, Colby. I think should have to get a win under his belt, but it's happening now. I think we're going to have to just make our peace with it. It's happening. Oh, Colby's, Colby's got the shot. There you go. There we'll you be go. back. You never um, know. If Masvidal pulls out some kind of flying knee madness, who knows? And apparently they're coming back in July. Right. So that's the rumor. The- July 22nd, the UFC's back in London. 
rumoured, not official, but rumoured. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, we'll be back after the weekend with a post-fight show. Uh, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, we had a great chat with uh, Jack and Richard Shaw. That'll be coming out very soon as well. Uh, we've got some other guests uh, in the pipeline looking to come on, so we've got some great stuff coming your way soon. Um, and if you're new to the podcast, go check out the back catalogue because we have got well over 150 episodes now some absolute cracking natters with some so all of your favourite fighters you know we've mentioned Bispin on here and um, we had a great chat with uh, with Michael Bispin uh, amongst we mentioned Tyron Woodley we've had Tyron on um, we've had Volk oh gosh I'm trying to think they're, 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 just go and Dan have a look Hardy, because Dan Paddy Hardy Pimblet, Molly McCann Jojo Wood Arnold Allen Jack Shaw Absolutely. multiple times yeah, we've had them all, all on. There. We've had them all on. And uh, so go and get uh, stuck into that back catalogue. Um, we're on uh, all the social media platforms. We're probably most active, I would say, on um, Instagram. Uh, but we are um, regularly posting on Facebook and Twitter as well. So go give us a follow there. Um, other than that, uh, enjoy the fights at the weekend. And we'll see them on the other side, right? See you on the other side, guys. Bye.